season two of the JKR podcast powered by Black Cobra Sports. My name is Jay Shriglin and I'm the host. Let's dig into today's episode after a word from our sponsor. to the JKR podcast. Today we have Missouri native, artillery shortstop and pitcher, and 2025 Tennessee commit. We got Ty Thompson on the JKR podcast for the artillery baseball series powered by HitX. Ty, super pumped to get you on the show, man. How are you doing today? You're going to be back-to-back episodes with Tennessee commits, man. Pumped, like I said, pumped to have you on the show. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Awesome. Thanks for having me on. Hey, of course, of course. When Ajay reached out and wanted to do this a spotlight on the number one team in the 2025 class, you know, I had to say yes, of course. Uh, but no, before we dig into your baseball career, talking about artillery, talking about high school and other stuff like that, I got one question I'd like to dig in with everybody that get on the J-Care podcast, and that is, for those who don't know you, how would you introduce yourself? Who exactly is Ty Thompson? I'm a sophomore, class 2025, uh, baseball player. Like to play all sports, though. Competitive, like to win. That's about it. Okay. So with this being the Artillery Baseball Series, let's dig into, you know, how you got connected with Artillery and what that experience has been like. Uh, so just kind of take us through, you know, your background in, your tra- in the travel baseball world and how exactly you got connected with Ajay and the Artillery Baseball Program. So, yeah, after I, I committed, after I posted on Twitter, I played one tournament with Wow Factor the, in West Palm. And we ended up playing AJ's team. And a week after that, he hit me up on Twitter, and I got to talking to him. And then I switched over to play for him, and I've been with him since last MLK. Okay. So, you know, getting the chance to play for Wow Factor as well on top of Artillery, you know, both great baseball programs. What do you think has led to the, what do you think has led to the success of, you know, Artillery, of course, but then even Wow Factor getting the chance to play for them for a couple games? Uh, Wow Factor was fun. I got to meet got to meet Dylan, who's also going to Tennessee. Uh, we ended up doing good that that first tournament. I think we lost in like the final four or something. But uh, that was my first travel ball tournament, so it was a good experience. Okay, so playing for Wow Factor, you know, you said that was your first travel baseball experience. When when exactly was that? That was um, Fall World Series in West Palm, twenty twenty one. Okay, so what year What year would that put you, I guess? Would that be, what, your eighth grade that year? Would, yeah, yeah, eighth okay. grade year. Okay, so, you know, you're playing for them for the Fall World Series, you know, going and playing for Ajay now and Artillery. Um, Same question here. You know, what do you think has led to the success of this Artillery program? Obviously, you guys are number one in the 2025 class, but Ajay has built a great program when it comes to, you know, the 2022 class, 2023, 2024, and even beyond that as well. Um, so what do you think, just, you know, seeing Ajay and the way he operates, what do you think has led to that, led to that success? Uh, I mean, obviously we have a, we have a very deep stacked roster, but I think it's, I think it's what's formed off the field. We have a really close team. Like we hang out after every game, we all hang out together, go play golf, just mess around, have fun. So when you get like, so like, you know, after games for that 2025 team, you said you guys like to go have fun. I know you guys have a great team culture when it comes to, you know, beyond the field, when it comes to, you know, Pickle Rick, um, some other, yeah. you know, cool mascots you guys have had. Uh, but take us through, you know, what that team culture is. 
obviously, I mean, like, like we talked about, like you guys have great relationships. Just take us through those relationships with some of your teammates and what that overall culture is. So, I mean, everyone on the team likes to, we're all competitive and we all like to get after it, but it's just, we just, we just have fun. Like in the dugout, we always have fun. It's not like you make an error, you're going to get pulled out of the game or you're going to, someone's going to scream at you. Everyone's going to lift each other up and uh, we just like to have fun. Okay. So, you know, now getting a chance to play for Ajay here for a couple years, you know, what is that relationship you have with Ajay, with some of the other guys on this coaching staff? Just take us through what those relationships are like with the artillery coaching staff. My relationship with Ajay is uh, it's awesome. He, he'll text me, pretty much text me every day, even in the off season. And, uh, and then at tournaments, we'll hang out with him. We'll go, we'll go watch him coach the 24s and 23s. And then uh, Pat, when Pat's free, he comes and coaches. He's always, I think he's like the brains. He always has the plays and stuff. And then uh, Steven's always there. He's he's a good coach, super positive. He knows what he's talking about. He's he's fun. Okay. So, you know, looking back into your travel baseball career from, you know, your eighth grade fall to last year as well, playing for Wild Factor, playing for Artillery, if you could maybe go through and just pick out maybe, you know, a couple, two to three just favorite memories that come to mind when you think of travel baseball, what would a couple of those memories be? Uh, I think I think winning the um, the PG Elite last year, we, we, uh, we played USA Prime in the championship. That was, that was probably my number one. And then um, I think it's just uh, oh, probably just going to top golf with with the team, just messing around. All right, so you talk about PG Lee. Obviously, you guys won that tournament, but you guys also won that USA baseball tournament as well. Kind of take us through both of those experiences. You know, maybe the atmosphere, what the environment was looking like. I know both of those tournaments. You know, have top tier programs in the country just take us through both of those experiences and what that was like you know going ahead and winning those championships i i actually didn't get to go to the uh the usa one in north carolina okay so let's go ahead okay so let's go ahead and just kind of dig into the pg elite one then the pg elite one was it was fun i think we started off we i think we ran through pool play pretty easily and then um we, we ended up playing was it I think it was EBC, which was a good game. We 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 beat them, and then we played Kane Southeast, maybe, who we've already played, but that was another good game. And then, uh, and then it was USA Prime, which obviously was a good game. Of course. So when you are playing some of those, you know, top travel baseball teams in terms of you mentioned USA Prime. I know with you guys being the number one team in the country, you guys are facing a lot of the top tier programs as well. Who has been maybe, you know, that toughest pitcher or even when you're on the mound, that toughest hitter that you've gotten to face so far in your career playing travel baseball? Uh, toughest pitcher was probably, um, uh, was probably Zion for Canes National. He, he, he shoved against us in the championship, WWA. And then uh, toughest hitter, I don't, I personally, I don't like to pitch against um, Landon Schaefer. He's he usually, he hits. Yeah, I, I, I've talked to, I've talked to Landon a couple of times. Great dude, but no, yeah, he's a, I've watched some of his stuff on Twitter, man. He is a good ball player. Definitely great competition there. Uh, but no, so obviously when you're playing for this artillery team, I um, mean, it's not even, it's not just you that, you know, is committed to a power five. Obviously you have, you know, Mikey Casino, Taylor Tracy, all these different guys who are not only going to Tennessee, but also going to a lot of other, you know, ACC, SEC programs. 
you know, for you, you know, what's that like, you know, playing up with some of the guys who are your same type of caliber? How do you maybe pick their brain, maybe take away some of the things that they go about their business when it comes to the game of baseball? What do you kind of do just to kind of learn from your peers in a way? Uh, I think it's, I think it's easy because we all kind of have the same goal and we all want the same thing. And uh, we just, we understand each other because we're, we're almost in like the same boat. We just are, you know, we just go to our own schools, but it's, it's all really the same thing. Yeah. So, you know, as your 2025 class heads into this 2023 summer, you guys got this summer and next summer for you guys' travel baseball careers playing for artillery. Just what are you looking forward to most here these next couple of years, you know, finishing out your travel baseball career before you head to college? Uh, Just what are you looking forward to most of, you know, playing for artillery and Ajay? Uh, I'm looking forward to just making memories with this, with this team. Uh, It's, it's, this team is so fun and hopefully we can, continue to play good and hold the number one spot which would be nice next year yeah but I think I'm just most importantly looking forward to just having fun of course so with that fun culture you guys have with artillery like I mentioned you know pickle Rick you know what's the mascot going to be this year yeah you guys know or you know what's the kind of plan when it comes to you know that off the field fun type of stuff I don't I'm not I'm not the mascot guy but I'd assume it'd probably be pickle Rick again okay so who's the mascot guy Mascot guy, I'd probably say Corey Sheridan. I think you had on here. He's, he's. I think he owns Pickle Rick. He brings them down to the tournaments. Okay, I know. I think. I think right now Pickle Rick is in. I think Fort Myers. He said. I remember someone mentioned it. I couldn't remember who exactly it was. Uh, but I think Pickle Rick's in Fort Myers. He'll be. He'll. He'll be at your guys' first tournament from what someone was saying. Uh, but no, so obviously we've t- – obviously, like I said, with this artillery series, I'm interviewing guys, like I've said, like Ty Thompson. You mentioned Corey Sheridan, Taylor Tracy, who was on the show today. All these different guys. You know, beyond yourself, maybe who are some of these guys to be on the lookout for these next couple of years playing travel baseball? Just kind of take us through, you know, what this roster looks like and uh, who the guys should be on the lookout for this upcoming summer. I mean, I think I think everyone on our, on our roster should she should look out for um... – Nikki Becker, he he always hits. Um, T- uh, Taylor hits. Ev- everyone hits. There's some guys that I haven't got to meet yet, but uh, pitching wise, um, Mikey Mikey made a big jump in below this off season. But yeah, everyone everyone does their thing. Okay, so let's transition a little bit to the high school scene here a little bit. Like you said, your guys' tryouts are tomorrow. You said Missouri High School baseball starting, you know, about two or three weeks or so. Uh, kind of take us through your freshman year a little bit, you know, what that was like, what that experience overall um, looked like, competition level, stuff like that. And then, you know, looking into, you know, this upcoming spring here in a couple of weeks, what is that outlook on your guys' 2023 spring roster? Yeah, so last year we uh, we had a – supposed to be good – we had a good team and um, – I had a good freshman year. I think I think I got tired a little bit with the first time going through the practice and game every day and stuff. But it was it was a, it was a fun year. We ended up making it to our district championship, and then we had to face a Mizzou commit and lost. Uh, but it was a good game, and uh, I think this year we'll have a young team, but we'll we'll, we'll be just as good. So yeah. I'm excited for this year. Yeah. So with you being based out of Columbia, you know, playing for Rockbridge High School, you know, what does that competition level look like in your area? You know, how you mentioned that Missouri commit that you face in the tournament, but you know, how often are you facing another power five commit? Uh, what does that competition level look like? And maybe some guys or I mean, some teams that you have uh, circled on that calendar leading up into the spring season. So, yeah. Uh, so I go to it's, it's Rockbridge 6A, 
public school. So uh, I'd say just about just about every team we play usually has has one or two big time guys. And with being Rockbridge and having a uh, being one of the better schools, we're we're probably going to see their their best guy. So uh, yeah, we'll play. I mean, being in Missouri, we'll play Mizzou commits a lot. Uh, just yeah. All right. So, you know, as this 2023 spring or this 2023 season gets rolling, you know, let's separate this into two separate questions. You know, what are some of your personal and maybe some of your team goals heading into this 2023 spring, you know, playing for Rockbridge? And then even after these couple months, as you guys get rolling for artillery, what are some of those goals personally as you guys go ahead and try to defend that number one spot um, this summer? So high school season, uh, what am I like personal or team goals or whatever. My, my, my main goal is to win a state championship. Hopefully we can win a state championship this year. And uh personal goal, probably just keeping my body healthy and uh just like the mental side of things, keeping everything healthy. And then for artillery, I would say team goal would probably be to win the WWA, which I think would be awesome. And the personal goal would probably just say I don't even – probably just contacts, just limit my strikeouts. Okay. So you mentioned, you know, winning the WWBA as a big team goal here this summer. You said you guys made it to that championship game at the WWBA. So take us through – well, last last summer you guys got that opportunity to go to the championship game. Take us through what that tournament was like in the WWBA, um, just, you know, leading up to that, to that championship game. What did that overall tournament look like? Yeah, so – Obviously, the WWA is like eight pool play games or something like that. So we played, we ran, we got through the first seven pretty easily, and then in our last pool play game, we ended up playing the Florida Pokers, and I, we won by one in overtime, raining at East Cobb. So it was a it was a good game, but we ended up winning. And then we, um, the day we had to go through three teams before the finals, we had to go through TBT, which was a good game. And then we won that. We had to play USA Prime, which was another good game, which we I think we won by one or two through these games. And then we had to play Hawaii Elite in the final four. Or no, that was that was uh Elite Eight. We played Hawaii Elite, we beat them. And then the next day we started off against Kane's Midwest in the final four, which we hit really good that game and won that. And then we had Kane's National and I think we were just a little bit tired and, you know, didn't hit the best, didn't play the best, and we ended up losing that game. Okay. So earlier when we dig in, dug into your travel baseball career, you said that you actually committed before you got the chance to play travel baseball. So kind of take us through that recruiting process. You know, obviously for a lot of guys, travel baseball plays a big part in their recruiting. But for you, take us through that recruiting process and kind of how it got started for you. Yeah, so I played, I played travel baseball, but it wasn't like the national scene, it was just around Missouri, uh, like a small local team. And then I went to my first PBR showcase and I did well, got the uh, the invitation to go down to the future games. So I went to the PBR future games at Lake Point and I got the chance to play in front of Coach Vitello, which uh, I ended up playing really good that game and got invited to a camp to go to on my way home. So I stopped in Knoxville, went to a camp and then about a week later, he offered me, and with Tennessee being my dream school, I committed. 
All right, so you know you're down there in Atlanta for that PBR futures games. Kind of take us through what that experience was like as well. Obviously, we'll dig into the recruiting process still, um, but just take us through that PBR futures game, what that was like. You know, going out there, seeing all these different coaches. You know, having Tony see you as well. Take us through what that experience was like. Um, just you know, representing your state there for the PBR futures game. Yeah, it was it was awesome because that was my first uh, like first big thing that I went to, and it was unreal. There was like every school was there watching. So that was awesome. And uh, the first day we got there, we had like the showcase, got to run on field BP throw. And then game started the next day. Uh, we ended up doing, we, we did good. We got through pool play, we advanced. And I believe we lost to uh, Texas, I think. Like the one of the later rounds we lost to Texas, but it was, it was a good experience. It was fun. Okay. So, you know, you're out there in Atlanta, you know, you're down there competing, you know, Tony comes up to you, you know, he talks to you about going to Tennessee. You guys have that initial conversation kind of take us through. I mean, what's going through your mind at that point? What are you, uh, you know, an eighth grader freshman talking to one of the best high, uh, collegiate coaches in the country kind of take us through that initial conversation and kind of what was going through your mind at that point. Yeah. So I actually, uh, I didn't get to talk to him at all. Cause I guess there might've been like a, a rule where he couldn't come up to me or something. So he had to text one of my coaches back home and then my coach would have to text me and we'd have to do it that way. But, um, yeah, it was, it was awesome. I mean, I had, uh, like just a little bit of interest from them before going down there, but I, I definitely didn't think I'd be getting the offer like that. Yeah. So it was, it was nice. Okay. So, you know, Tony texted some of your coaches, you guys get on the phone, take us through, you know, what, what that conversation was like, you know, as you're going through this recruiting process, what did some of those, some of those initial conversations look like in terms of maybe some questions that these coaches were asking you again, like, you know, what's kind of going through your mind, just take us through, you know, as this recruiting process was getting ramped up, what that kind of looked like conversation wise with coaches. Yes. So uh, I, I only got to talk like Tennessee was like the first school that I talked to. So uh, he we, we basically just talked about what Tennessee is like, what what he what he's like, what the program's like, and what my goals are, and then went over some other stuff. And then uh, he just asked me if I wanted to be a, a volunteer. I said, yeah. Okay. So with Tennessee being that first and that only school that you got to talk to, you know, what was it exactly that stood out about Tennessee? I know you mentioned it being your dream school. Uh, but just what were some of those things that just convinced you they're kind of on the spot to commit, you know, with them being the only school that had reached out at that point? Yeah, so um, I wanted to – I didn't want to stay in the cold. I know it's not super warm in Knoxville, but it's warmer than Missouri. So I wanted to go down there. And I think the main reason is probably Coach Vitello. I don't think there's anyone else I would rather play for than Coach Vitello. So, yeah. All right. So and you- obviously they had a uh, – Obviously, their their year last year was unreal. So you t- you talked about how you know before they actually gave you that offer, you actually stopped in Knoxville, kind of went through a camp. Take us through what that camp is like. You know, maybe some things they put you through, and you just being in that Knoxville campus. Take us through what that what that um, camp was like at Tennessee. Yeah, so uh, we got there. We we stretched out. Or I talked to Coach Vitello for a little bit, and then we stretched out, played catch. I think we did time sixties. Took some, took some ground balls from shortstop, and uh, then some on-field BP. Uh, I threw a bullpen while I was down there, and then they gave us a tour of like the dorms and the basketball arena, and football stadium. 
just around Knoxville, which was nice. Okay, so you know, with being committed to Tennessee here for so long, you know, we're digging in, we're leading up to almost two years that you've been committed. You know, what are some of those relationships you've built, you know, with that Tennessee coaching staff? Um, you know, maybe how they were at the beginning when you first committed and how those relationships has kind of evolved over time, you know, these past year and a half, two years. Yeah, so uh, when I committed and then I went through my high school season, which I didn't really get to see them or talk to them much. And then when summer started, I'd say Coach Vitello was probably at most of our games, which was which was nice. Got to talk to him and uh, Elander and um, him a lot. I like Lake Point and stuff. And then uh, sometimes we'll call on the phone and just check up and see how everything's going. So as we talk about relationships, obviously your artillery team is loaded, which is you know, Tennessee commits in that 2025 class. I mean, we've got Taylor Tracy, Mikey Casino, Graham Jones, and I'm sure there – I believe Ajay said there's a couple other <laughs> – um, but what are some of those relationships you have with some Tennessee commits in your class? Obviously, you have those guys on artillery, uh, maybe some guys who aren't on artillery, like Luke Billings and some of those guys. Uh, just take us through, you know, what some of those relationships are with some of your future volunteer teammates. Yeah, so uh, starting with the ones on artillery, we're really tight. We hang out a lot with Graham, Taylor, and Mikey. We, uh, I didn't, Taylor wasn't on our team over the summer, but me and Mikey, we hung out a lot. And then over the fall, Mikey wasn't there, so I got to hang out more with Taylor and Graham. Uh, I got to meet Hudson, Hudson Chance. At, he filled in with us for a tournament. And then um, I played that one tournament with Wild Factor. got to meet Dylan. It was pretty cool. All right, that's, so I think that's it. Okay, so let's go ahead. Let's transition a little bit to your actually on-the-field play. So like we talked about before we started recording, you know, you are listed as a shortstop and a pitcher. You said that this summer you're still going to be playing that two ways. But, you know, what is the plan here moving forward? Are you planning on heading to Tennessee uh, to be a volunteer as a shortstop and a pitcher? Or kind of what does that mindset look like right now leading up to that next level? Yeah, right now I'd say I'm just focused on on, um, on both of them, hopefully. Um, I think if, if I had to choose one, I'd, I'd rather be a shortstop slash hitter or anywhere slash hitter. But um, I think it's good to, to, to keep training my pitching just in case yeah. something didn't work out. I, could, I can just be a pitcher, hopefully maybe just be a two-way. Yeah. So with that primary position being that shortstop slash hitter, let's dig into the hitting side of things here to start off. Then we'll dig into pitching as well. Uh, but just kind of take us through, you know, what that hitting approach kind of looks like. So let's say, you know, you're walking up to the batter's box. You know, what's going through your mind? What are you trying to do with each at-bat? Yeah, so as I'm walking up to the batter's box, I always just try to stay in the present and you know, deep breath, stay in the present. My approach is usually just stay on time, go back up the middle with it. Uh, oh, count, usually I'm looking for like a fastball middle, middle in, and then two strike count. I usually widen out and just protect, you know, let, let the curveball get deep and drive it the other way and hopefully catch up to the fastball and drive it back up the middle. Okay. So on that hitting side of things, you know, when you're obviously every hitter goes through a slump here at some point, uh, but kind of take us through, you know, maybe what that strategy is of breaking out of a slump, you know, whenever that's in the spring, in the summer, just kind of take us through, you know, how you kind of go, you know, get out of that slump a little bit. Yes. So for me, I feel like it's always mental. Like it's, it's just when you just, when you're thinking too much and you're not just playing, sometimes you'll get in the slump. So I just, I always try to just, let everything go and just have fun and just not think about the future, not the, not the past, just stay in the present and just have fun. 
Okay. So dig, my last hidden question here, mechanics wise, let's dig into, you know, how these the mechanics have developed, you know, take us through, you know, from that load up to that follow through, just take us through, you know, what those mechanics look like hitting wise. Yeah. So lately I've been working on like more tilt, you could say, instead of just like, so I think like load into the back leg uh, hinge and then just keep the barrel beneath the hands and just finish follow through, drive up the middle. All right, so transition a little bit to the pitching side of things. You know, you're up there on that mound. Take us through what the what that pitching repertoire looks like. You know, maybe what type of fastball you're up there throwing, your best secondary pitch, or maybe the pitch that needs the most work. Kind of take us through that pitching repertoire. Yeah, so I'd say I'd say my best pitch is probably just my four seam fastball. Uh, it has a, a little bit of natural tail on it, but it's pretty it's it's pretty straight. And then I have. I pair that with the two seam, which has a lot of tail to that. Uh, the four seams usually at anywhere from 88 to 90. And then the two seams probably 88, 87, 88. And then I have a, uh, like a slurve or a curveball type thing, which I probably need to work on the most with my command with that. And maybe throw that a little bit harder too in the future. So it has a little bit more late bite, but yeah. Okay, so are you pretty set with that pitching repertoire you have right now, or is there any plan here in the near future to, you know, maybe add a new pitch to that repertoire? Yeah, sorry, I completely forgot to mention that. Uh, I do have a changeup, but and that's definitely the pitch I need to work on the most. I get the the velo's good on it, but I just need to need to get that the drop off the table action with that. Okay. So when you are you know going about developing that changeup, or maybe even adding a new pitch in general. How do you kind of go about that development? I know some pitchers kind of go about it, you know, in different ways. Just kind of take us through that development of, you know, just an individual pitch. What's your kind of approach to doing that? I just like to get as much feel for it as I can. So every time I'm I'm playing catch, when I get to about 90, 100 feet, I'll just, I'll, I'll throw the change up just to see the action on it. And uh, every time I'm throwing a pin, I'll always throw, I'll always just, even if it's not at 100%, just get more feel for it, get more, comfortable throwing it okay so getting that opportunity to potentially go at that next level collegially to be a pitcher i'm sure arm care is very important to you kind of take us through you know what that arm care situation looks like you know in the off season from your deload to your ramp up and then even in season as well you know let's say you know you have an outing you have a couple days in between to that next outing you know what do those days in between kind of look like oh uh, the two-parter question here but just kind of take us through that a little bit yeah so starting in the off season i actually just finished my uh arm care throwing program type thing uh we did every day we'd go in and we do we do mobility and then do some med ball med ball work to get the core going and then we do some plyos and then uh if it was test, we'll go through test day. if it was test day we'd be we'd play catch and then um play like some long toss day feel good and then the guy that i work with we we do we do a few pull downs at 100% or 95, whatever you feel like, and then we'll jump on the mound and throw. And then the next day, you'll come back and do, do the med balls and plyos the same, but less intent, and then uh, just do a light catch for recovery. Okay. So, you know, as a pitcher, obviously, it's very important to have a great relationship, you know, with your catcher, with your battery mate. Kind of take us through, you know, how you kind of go about building that relationship with your catcher, building that trust. And I'm sure, you know, with artillery, where there are, you know, occasionally a guest player, um, when there is a new catcher on your team, you know, how do you kind of go about, you know, building that relationship? 
Yeah, so uh, obviously you play catch pitcher, you play catch with the catcher before the game, and uh, if it is a field player, you go over sides and what you like to throw, what what's your thing, if you're going to pick off a lot or something like that. And then uh, I think it's just, just making sure that they can trust you with like with the curveball so they don't think you're going to spike it every time or throw a fastball in the dirt so they can trust you. All right, so let's look at the entirety of your game. So let's say, you know, you're out you're out there playing shortstop. You're out there on the mound or when you're in the batter's box as well or even when you're interacting with some of your teammates. If you were a scout, what would be that personal scouting report that you would write up on Ty Thompson? Uh, I would say he's probably a, he's a fast, twitchy, just, yeah, bat-to-ball skills. And then uh, has potential in his arm. So as we dig into, you know, potential, dig into development here, kind of take us through, you know, obviously these next three years, what are you looking to do most or maybe, you know, develop most in your game before heading to Tennessee and heading to that next level? Uh, I'd probably just, I'd say I'm trying to develop just power, like, which could go with off-season training, gaining weight and stuff. Because, yeah, I'd like to get my power up, so I start driving balls. All right. So, you know, playing for artillery with Ajay, you know, playing for a good high school program there at Rockbridge and having all these different trainers. I'm sure you've had a ton of just, you know, influential people within your baseball career so far. So if you had to pick, you know, maybe two to three most influential people, um, who would those people be here in your baseball career so far? And what would be the reasonings for them being so influential? Uh, First, I would probably say my dad, just because he coached my team. He let me play on his, uh, he coached my brother's team, which I always played for. and. Me and him will go hit, throw, yeah, just me and him all the time. And then I would probably say, uh, I would say Danny Hill, who is, uh, who I used to play for his team, who always, he does the throwing program that I just talked about. Sometimes I'll hit with him if I feel off or throw with him or whenever something feels off, I'll go in there. And then I'd probably say AJ, just because he's, he's the best coach that I've played for. And, uh, He's super nice to me, super, super fun. And he did, he gives me a lot of opportunities playing with him. Yeah, I'm sure. So, you know, another person who, you know, might be pretty influential for you, you know, three, four years down the road, you know, potentially could be, you know, your draft advisor. So with me, you know, trying to be an agent, trying to be a draft advisor, when I get a player of your caliber on the podcast, I always like to, you know, always have a couple of questions for you in terms of, you know, that decision-making process of picking an advisor. So kind of take us through that process. You know, when was it that, you know, draft advisors kind of started reaching out and maybe some key things that you were looking for, you know, going through that decision-making process. Yeah. So I, uh, I'm, uh, I'm with Blaze Salter. He's, uh, out of Nashville, I believe. And, uh, I got with him probably last, a long time ago, actually, because he, he came to my high school game. Now I think about it. So, I'd probably say fall of, of 2021, maybe. But, yeah, uh, it's just I'm able to text him or if I if, if I ever want to need anything or he can handle something that off the field that I, that I need help with or really anything that I need help with, I can reach out to him and he'll help me. So as you were going through that process of, you know, maybe picking an advisor, you know, what were some of those key things that you were looking for within whoever your guy would have been uh, just kind of take us through, you know, maybe some of those key values you had. Yeah, so I think, uh, I think obviously his last, like his, uh, 
uh, what would you, what would you call it? Like your uh, resume. Like he, he had a successful resume in his group, which obviously isn't important. And uh, and then just like the things he offered, like his connections and uh, the people he knew. And uh, and then just obviously, I just I just liked him. He seemed like a nice guy, a good guy. So I uh, went with him. Awesome. All right, man. Well, I got a couple more questions here for you. Let's go ahead to end it off. Let's dig away from the baseball side of things here for a little bit. So digging into passions, you know, when you're not playing ball, what are some of those things, you know, you like to do to maybe keep your, keep, take your mind off of things or maybe cope with some stress, whatever happens to be, you know, what are some of those passions you have beyond the game of baseball? Right. Right now I'd say it's, um, it's definitely, it's definitely playing basketball. Me and my friends will get together and we'll, we'll you know, we'll do a tournament or play five Oh five or just go play pickup and it gets competitive, which is fun. Yeah. And then, um, I would say just play a PS4 sometimes in your free time playing uh, MLB The Show, Black Ops, just getting out with your friends and playing. It's fun. I'm sure. So digging into motivations here for a second, so digging down deep a little bit. You know, deep down internally, you know, what are some of those motivations that you have to, you know, just continuously, you know, wake up in the morning, go get better, continuously evolve? You know, what are some of those motivations you have just to continuously evolve as a ball player and as a person as well? Yeah, so uh, I think what motivates me is probably just trying to prove myself right. Because uh, sometimes you doubt yourself, but I would say just trying to prove myself right. And then uh, to be a better person, I just think I just think nothing, nothing bad, nothing good comes from being negative. So uh, I just always try to stay positive, no matter no matter what's going on or who I'm who I'm talking to or anything. Just try to stay positive, stay nice. All right, so let's say, you know, you you, you continuously, you know, tr- prove yourself right, you know, whether that's, you know, as a ball player, as a person, you continuously do the right thing, you know, looking d- uh, looking down, perfect picture, 20 years down the road, so, you know, 2043, it'll be, what, 35, 36 years old, you know, what is that perfect picture for you? Everything continues to go right here in your career. What does that perfect picture look like in 20 years down the road? Perfect picture is definitely just playing an MLB somewhere, just playing – being an all-star, making the World Series, just that's the dream, just okay. playing in the MLB. All right. All right, man. Well, down to my final question here on the J-Care podcast for you. Um, so same question I like to end off the podcast with pretty much everybody to get on the show. Um, so obviously when you do head to Tennessee, you're going to get that opportunity to capitalize on your name, image, and likeness. I'm sure you've heard about it before. But when you do get that opportunity, you know, what would be that dream brand to endorse, collaborate with, partner with, whatever it happens to be, you know, what would be that dream NIL brand for you? Uh, that's that's tough. I'd, uh, uh, I want to go with like a uh, some sort of car, car, like inter- whatever, maybe like Corvette or something or Lamborghini or something because uh, okay, I think it would be cool to be partnered with one of those. All right. All right, not bad options there. You know, Corvette, Lamborghini, always going fashion, not a bad thing. Uh, but no, man, that's that's the final question here on the J-Care podcast. You know, super appreciative of you coming on the show. Um, you know, best of luck this upcoming spring as you guys start games here about two or three weeks or so. Uh, best of luck, you know, defending that number one spot in that 2025 class as well on artillery. Uh, but no, man, thanks for coming on the show. And, you know, best of luck here the rest of your career as you head to Tennessee. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me on.